The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, we are running through the, I guess it's the week four waiver before week four. Uh, we don't have, you know, as many cataclysmic injuries in week four waiver wire as we did at week three. You know, we're not trying to replace Christian McCaffrey. We're not trying to replace Saquon Barkley. So starting with our top tier of guys To begin with, I do think we do need to touch on Travis Homer and Carlos Hyde. Chris Carson didn't tear his ACL, didn't tear his MCL, but I I think that he probably is going to be out until after the Seahawks bye week. And so that is going to mean, you know, until week seven, it would be very strange for me to see him play in week four or week five, knowing that the Seahawks have their bye week in week six. So that is going to bring us to Travis Homer and Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is probably owned in, you know, most pretty serious fantasy football leagues, but Travis Homer, he is going to be out there in, you know, a lot of FFPC main events, the football guys players championship, the NFC silver bullet. Like I think that a lot of those high stakes leagues, you should be able to bid on Homer. It was Homer who came in during the competitive game against the Dallas Cowboys uh, and played as many snaps as Carlos Hyde did, despite Hyde being the backup running back for most of that game. It was Homer who started the playoff game for the Seahawks last year. They do have DJ Dallas on the roster. I would expect that he is going to be active this week if Carlos, if Chris Carson does not play. Weirdly enough, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas were college teammates at the University of Miami. Both of them are, are pretty decent pass catchers. You know, not great, not terrible. Uh, overall, my strategy is to just kind of bet against injury optimism. So I do want to place claims on Homer on Hyde and small claims, you know, $1 claims on DJ Dallas this week. That's really the the only big running back bid we have to make. I mean, Rex Burkhead, I guess. Uh, the issue with Rex Burkhead is we think that James White is probably going to be back with the team this week. Moving on to some of these rookie wide receivers, Justin Jefferson should be the number one waiver wire claim of the week. Uh, he had he recorded nine targets, 175 yards, and one touchdown. Tajay Sharp was inactive in this game. Jefferson completely replaced Olabisi Johnson, played 51 snaps in the Titans game. Uh, most wide receiver snaps, most wide receiver targets. He really has no competition. You know, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., these guys are not going to keep Justin Jefferson from breaking out. The Vikings defense is terrible. We should get them in, you know, more uh, pass heavy game scripts than I think the team wants to be in. I'm very interested in Justin Jefferson off waivers. The same is true for Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel hurt, George Kittle hurt, Tevin Coleman hurt, Raheem Mostert is injured, Jordan Reed is out for six to eight weeks. You know, we really could look at a situation where in weeks four and five, we have Ayuk with something, you know, like a uh, 25% target share or something like that in the uh, San Francisco 49ers offense and Ayuk was you know I think a better prospect than Justin Jefferson uh, a first round draft pick I think Ayuk is exactly what the 49ers want from their guys you know he can play any of the three wide receiver spots they use him on end arounds he scored a rushing touchdown in week three against the Giants Um, Ayuk I actually think you should be able to get him cheaper 
than Justin Jefferson, you know, something like uh, 20% of your bids. I think he is super strong. You know, he is uh, a very interesting prospect because he, he went to a junior college before going to Arizona State, and he had you know, great rushing, great rushing production for a wide receiver, great return production. So I, I have no concerns about Ayuk as a prospect. T Higgins, I think is, you know, again, in this same category, basically completely replaced John Brown snaps as, or John Ross's snaps as Ross was an inactive. And I think that Higgins, Ayuk, well, Higgins and Jefferson specifically were like not popular uh, picks in high stakes leagues like people would would get amped to take LaVisca Chenault people would get amped to take Jalen Rager people would get amped to take CeeDee Lamb but Higgins was a high draft pick you know early second round Ayuk was a first round draft pick Jefferson was a first round draft pick these guys you know really just uh, in terms of like playing the averages they have the same chance of success as you know guys like Ruggs guys like Lamb guys like Judy just based on historically where they were selected. So I think that we should be pretty aggressive with these rookie wide receivers because one of these guys is going to have an, you know, an AJ Brown-esque second half of the season. Uh, our final top tier waiver ad is Jeff Wilson Jr. Seems like Jarek McKinnon maybe got banged up in uh, that, that Giants game. Jeff Wilson Jr. got the entire fourth quarter to himself, scored twice. If Jeff Wilson Jr. is the starting running back for the 49ers, I mean... You know what? What is going to stop him from excelling, right? You know what is? We know the 49ers ground game is basically the most potent ground game in the NFL. We know Jeff Wilson Jr. not a great athlete. You know, not a guy who is going to break any speed records. You know, like where he mostered or anything. But I, I promise you guys, it uh, it really just does not matter because uh, he's so strong, right? Because because the the 49ers run blocking situation is so strong. Uh, so I, I want to place claims for Jeff Wilson Jr. this week, and I actually started him in a league last week. I think that, again, this week you can start Jeff Wilson Jr. in your fantasy leagues, even if Jarek McKinnon is active. I know that McKinnon was the clear lead back, but I think that he already illustrated you know why that is problematic, as he did get dinged up in that Giants game. Moving to some of our borderline guys, we definitely have to look at Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson probably out. Jalen Rager out, Dallas Goddard now on the injured reserve, uh, their backup wide receiver situation outside of Greg Ward Jr. and Alshon Jeffrey. If Alshon is able to play, it's like Deontay Burnett. Their backup tight end is Richard Rodgers. They just claimed Hakeem Butler off the Carolina Panthers practice squad. Greg Ward Jr. saw 11 targets last week. Uh, we also have John Hightower here as well. I do need to mention John Hightower because he played the most snaps of any Eagles wide receiver in week three. And I know we are all down on Carson Wentz and we are deservedly down on Carson Wentz, but this is should be a high volume passing game. You know, we just saw the 11 target plus a touchdown game for Greg Ward. I, I think that if Greg Ward Jr., if Alshon, if uh, you know John Hightower, if any of those guys are out there on your waiver wire and you are in a deeper league where you would start them this week or start them in week five, I definitely think that they are all worth, you know, uh, in the case of Alshon, because we don't know when he's going to be active, it, it would pay to be conservative. But Hightower and Ward should start this week, should start in week four, should be a part of the Eagles game plan. And I think that they would have decent target projections. So I definitely think we're interested in them. We do need to talk about Rex Burkhead. The thing is, I don't want to go crazy for Rex Burkhead on the waiver wire. Like, I don't want to spend 25% of my budget on him because when 
James White gets back, his role is really going to diminish. We have Damian Harris, who's going to be coming back off the IR. J.J. Taylor played 22% of the Patriots snaps against the Raiders. Rex only played 46%, though he did score the three touchdowns and recorded 10 targets. I mean, I think that you want to have Rex. I think you want to have Harris. I think you want to have maybe even J.J. Taylor as like a $1 claim on your roster because this backfield is super productive with Cam Newton opening up those running lanes. My thought would be the real upside in this backfield is going to come from Damian Harris if he returns from that stint on injured reserve. And I think there is some chance that they just want him to be the guy, right? That they are tired of telegraphing all of their play calls when it's Sony in there, when it's white in there, you know, the opposing team knows it's going to be a run or a pass. And I think that Harris hopefully would give them a little bit of a wider range of outcomes on a down to down basis. So Burkhead and Harris, they'd be like, you know, 10 to 15% guys. Harris, I wouldn't acquire if I was over three or one and two. You know, I'd be really looking to find guys who I could start right now. KJ Hamler plays on Thursday night. Uh, He didn't run at the combine, but there's this great video clip of him where he has a kick return that was waved off due to a penalty in which he returns a kickoff in under 11 seconds. So if you just do that math real quick, you're like, oh, that means that this guy basically can run 100 yards in you know 10 and a half seconds. And uh, that's crazy. That's crazy speed. Now with Brett Ripien starting against the Jets, do we have high expectations for KJ Hamler? No, we can't, right? They're just like that offense. If they, if they threw for 300 yards, it would be an insane anomaly. And this offense is just really not going to be that productive. But I think that Hamler could outproduce Jerry Judy over the course of the season because Hamler is like kind of a better fit for the short crossing routes, for the bubble screens, whereas Judy is kind of more of a technician and might require more precise throws from Driscoll, from Locke, from Ripien, from Bortles, you know, whoever it is who would be quarterbacking for the Denver Broncos. Vindication is ours, though, with Andy Isabella. He was out-targeted by Keyshawn Johnson, but he caught all four of his targets, scored two touchdowns. I believe he had uh, 47 receiving yards in that game. I, I actually think that Isabella getting into a real wide receiver two rotation with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald moving forward is very possible. You know, we're just really not that far away removed from Isabella being a second-round draft pick. He is better at that clear-out, nine-route role than Christian Kirk is. And I also think that he has the skills and the route running ability to be a possession wide receiver the way that Larry Fitzgerald is. So I, I Isabella is like kind of like a McCole Hardman where things have to go right for him. But if those things do go right, I would expect him to, you know, have potential league winning upside. Corderell Patterson with Tari Cohen done for the season. I actually think the best replacement for his role is Patterson. It's not Ryan Nall. It's not Artavis Pierce, who is on the Bears practice squad, but it, it's Patterson, right? He is the uh, end around uh, uh, jet sweep wheel route guy in that backfield. He would be better at that than David Montgomery, certainly better at that than Ryan Nall or Pierce. I don't think you have to go nuts with your fab for Patterson, but like, would it surprise me if over the rest of the season, Patterson plays 30% of the running back snaps for the Bears, records like Uh, 27 receptions and 55 carries and scores four touchdowns. No, I I don't really think it would. And I I think that you could sort of, if, if what I am imagining is true, we are going to know in week four, like we should know with how the bears play. If Patterson is going to be in that role or if David Montgomery is going to have an expanded role. So I think, you know, a five, 10% bid on CP, and then you'll be able to send him back to the waiver wire pool. If he just is in his same CP role that he's always been in. 
Uh, the second tier guy I like the most is Chase Claypool, right? So this is a guy who was 6'4", 238, ran a 4.42 at the Combine, had a 33% dominator rating his final season at Notre Dame, averaged 15.7 yards per reception, had a 28% target share in his final year at Notre Dame. Now, he didn't break out until he was 21, but you know he led... Uh, you know, he led all Steelers wide receivers in snaps in week three. James Washington targeted was targeted more than him. So I think that's kind of obscuring just how great of a bid Chase Claypool is. But I, I think that actually, if I if I wanted to get my spicy hot take pants on, I think I would say that Claypool actually should be considered kind of the 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 best dark horse candidate to go full AJ Brown, where like you know Deontay Johnson gets gets dinged up for multiple weeks, Smith Schuster gets dinged up for multiple weeks, uh, Eric Ebron gets dinged up. You know, I really think that Claypool has the athleticism and the opportunity to just go absolutely nuts in this Steelers offense, and I definitely want him on my teams. Some of the super deeply guys, Olamide Zacchaeus, he was an undrafted free agent out of Virginia. He was a Actually, um, kind of similar to Ayuk, he was a, you know, he ran the ball, he caught the ball, he uh, had uh, 35 kick returns when he was at the, the University of Virginia, and he was like a, he was like their stud, right? So like when he was at Virginia, he was like the best player on their team. Uh, and if, you know, if you can hold 16 plus skill position guys, I think he's worth a roster spot with Julio Jones dealing with this hamstring injury. Russell Gage has a concussion, you know, wouldn't surprise me again to see him play like 75 to 80% of the Falcon snaps in week four. Gabriel Davis, I'm, I actually, I should move him up a tier because it seems like John Brown isn't going to play this week. And also the Bills lead the NFL in most snaps played in 10 personnel so that means no tight end Dawson Knox right now is dealing with a concussion and John Brown is dinged up so Gabriel Davis has caught every target in uh of his short NFL career thus far and with Josh Allen you know just being this great at passing I I mean I think we want Bills players you know I think that we should think of Bills players you know uh this is crazy but you know kind of how we think of with Ravens players, right? So, you know, Miles Boykin and, and Gabriel Davis, very similar uh, propositions right now. So I, I think that uh, those guys are pretty strong. And then our $1 running back bids, Reggie Bonifon, Anthony McFarland, Jordan Wilkins, Tyler Irvin, and Eno Benjamin. All of those guys, for various reasons, have earned, you know, they, these guys should be on your roster, right? So Bonifon got some carries last week. McFarland was playing ahead of Benny Snell. Jordan Wilkins is the clear, you know, handcuff actually to Jonathan Taylor if anything were to happen to him Naheem Mines would stay in his role and Tyler Irvin has played 37 and 38 percent of the Packers snaps in the last two weeks and I think that uh, the team views him as ahead of AJ Dillon right now for sure then we have our look ahead waiver wire bids for week five uh the Arizona Cardinals play the Jets in week five and then the Houston Texans if they get to play this week due to COVID stuff they play the Vikings at home and then the Jaguars at home in week five so that is going to do it for the week four waiver wire show. I uh, hope this was useful. Hope this was helpful and uh, good luck in your leagues guys.